Welcome to the One Life One Chance podcast. I'm your host Toby Morris. Today I have a very very special guest. Uh, please welcome to the podcast uh, Mike DC, aka Mike McTernan. Uh, Mike, thanks for being on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. <laughs> Uh, you know, this is the perfect time to do it. I know. <laughs> I can't really go anywhere else. It's it's a very uh, it's such an interesting time right now, right? Yeah, you know. I, so I work from home most of the time, and so my life is not that much different than mm-hmm. usual. Like, um, you, you my yeah, my day to day routine is not that much different. Yeah, so I, I, I'm having a very difficult time wrapping my head around everything that's happening and you know just when i do go out it's there there is a sense of fear um that people have you know or even so so much as like walking down the street you know people are crossing crossing the street if they see you coming and it's um it's it's interesting and i i I really i it's it's hard to grasp it it's hard to really understand because i've never been through anything remotely like this no, not at all. It's very, it's very surreal. Like, our grocery store is two blocks from the house, and we ordered delivery yesterday because the day before, Max went in there wearing a wearing a gas mask and freaking Moon's like pink um, dishwashing gloves because he didn't want me to go in there because you know kids aren't supposedly can get it more than like somebody my age could get it. But I, I was worried about him just going in there. But we wash everything. Like he, I don't know, man. It's it's like a movie, man. There's nobody on the streets. Like you said, when you walk in on the street, people cross the street. People like maybe give you a nod to say, cause nobody knows who has it. I, I don't know, man. It's, it's very surreal. And now I was t- talking to you, my friend about like, what's going to be like when we go back into society, man, it's going to affect so many different people in so many ways. Think about the businesses who are having no problem working from home. They're like, okay, we don't need this office space now. Why are we renting a building? Like so many businesses are going to change. Everything's going to be different after this. I definitely think so. And I do wonder whether, uh, you know, something's going to happen where the news focus is going to shift. You know, whenever you have something major like this where the news is focusing, I mean, there's, you can't, you don't hear anything aside from this. This is it. So something's going to happen where it's going to take the focus off this. And then I wonder if people will start to slowly get back to normal because it's not shoved down their throats. Um, You know, because after a while, people are going to want to be desperate for what their lives were once like. And I I don't think everyone's going to accept this as the new normal. So hopefully people will follow the... um, the guidelines and everything for now, but I just, you know, I can see eventually it just being like, okay, I need to go back to what it once was. Yeah. Do, do you feel like it's, if, if, it, if there was no social media and all we have is just the nightly news, like growing up, it wouldn't, it wouldn't, be, it wouldn't be such, um, so crazy right now and so much fear. And I just feel like the social media is making it way worse, man. Well, so I, I, I agree with you, you know, but at the same time, I, I guess maybe it's just kind of what I, the people I follow and who I choose to listen to. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, I, you know, it's like, I don't really want to follow people who are consumed by fear and stoking flames of, of fear, you know, Good point. I want to follow people who, you know, and so my, my work, we have this, um, this, uh, like, uh, 
message board and you know and we're we all try to stay in touch pretty much 90 percent of the company was furloughed i am lucky because i still get to work a couple days a week Mm -hmm. um which is amazing i'm like so so incredibly lucky but someone posted something of you know like the way to look at it is um it's I'm, you know, not look at it as, hey, I'm not going to get sick. But instead of saying I'm not going to get sick, look at it as I'm going to stay healthy. Um, You know, so it's like I want to follow like I follow what you say. And there's a few other people who who I, I, I guess, you know, part of where I am in my life in general now is like changing the way I look at things to improve my mental health and my my view of the world um mm-hmm. and and that just that clicked with me it's like yeah like instead of me saying okay i'm gonna do everything i can to not get sick i'm gonna start looking at it as like i'm gonna take every step i can to stay healthy and and be healthy and you know and yeah so i guess i guess you know it's like you can you can follow one path or the other and which one are you going to choose and which one is going to dictate how you act um, toward, you know, how you're gonna, uh, what's like, how are, how are you gonna treat yourself and your mental health? And like, you know, are you gonna, are you gonna, um, like promote yourself being healthy and, or are you gonna try to create fear in everybody? And, mm-hmm. and I, you know, and, and, you know, you see all these people who are like hoarding, and stockpiling things and like they just don't give a fuck about anybody but Nobody. themselves like they're not thinking about their family they're not thinking about their friends like they may have all the toilet paper and all the hand sanitizer in the world but what about like someone that, down the street that they claim to love who has nothing and yeah. you know is a is ashamed to say like i am using um napkins now because mm-hmm. i you know i didn't by that extra couple roles that I saw, I say, you know, yeah. I just think, you know, there's we can we can really learn from this. We can learn how we treat each other. We can learn how we treat ourselves, and and that's kind of what I'm trying to take out of this. Is like, okay, I'm going to learn something about who I am and how I treat like everyone around me, not just the people I love. Yeah. I love that, man, because you see people going for self like it's the end of the world apocalypse and like people are fighting over toilet paper. They're grabbing as much as selling it online for triple the price and trying to capitalize on the situation, which isn't a funny situation whatsoever. And like you said, yeah, you really you really can. In times like this, you really can see the people that like really care about people or people that's out for self. You know, it kind of it kind of like, yeah, yeah. It's like kind of like you know at Black Friday, you know, like people yeah. are trampling over over each other to get a deal of fifty dollars off a TV, and it's like, really, is that worth it to you? And mm-hmm. so yeah, it, it just really makes you think of hey, like you know, we got a great country, we have all these freedoms, but what what kind of mentality are we fostering by you know freedom and capitalism and all this stuff? Like if if we're trampling over each other to save $50 on the TV or get an extra thing of toilet paper, like, mm-hmm. what, yeah, what does that say about who we are Yeah. once we, you know, when and how we treat each other? And, I, yeah. you know, I just really have started thinking about that a lot. I guess, you know, I got a lot of free time now, so I have yeah. a lot of time to think. So Yeah. Adam, Adam brought up a good point today. Adam was saying how, 
people in bands have been on tour and like slept on people's floors and weren't in the best, you know, clean situations, touring with bathrooms, just everything and being stuck on each other and like long van rides and being trapped in situations and on buses or vans and being cooped up together and all this. Like, he feels like he, Adam's like, Adam's like, this is no big deal. Like I'm used to like, not really. He's just used to that kind of that kind of situation. He was just saying today, from being like a monk sleeping on floors, just everything, and just being around things that weren't sanitized, things that were. Not saying he's immune from it, but just saying like, if you've been in the band, you've been stuck in a van for hours and trapped places and in a venue all day, just whatever. He's just saying like, he feels like people in bands um, are, kind, are kind of mentally. No, prepared. Yeah, prepared. Yeah, for this. You, yeah. you know, I think you shared that that thing for the CD's yes. bathroom. You know, yes. like if you use this, like you're gonna live forever. And it's like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like a lot of us, you know, like I haven't done it as many years as you have, but it's like, you know, yeah, sleeping on floors and or sleep. I I was telling Amber the other day how I remember we pulled up in a parking lot because like our our van, um, it had a really small gas tank. So if we'd be driving through like South Dakota in the yeah. middle of the night, it would say next gas station, next 24 hour gas station, you know, 400 miles or whatever. We couldn't make that. So we just pull up in a parking lot and I'd lay in the parking lot with a pillow and just lay there, you know, like, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, that's when I'm 19, 20 years old. Yeah. I'm, 46 now i probably wouldn't be doing i definitely wouldn't be doing that now who am i kidding but you know (laughs) but but yeah like i think you know we're kind of prepared for uh, okay you know how do we get by with the least possible you know like how can i you know i have this and this and this and i'm gonna make it last because i have you know i have that experience so i haven't thought about that before but it does make sense because i'm not you know i I sometimes think maybe I should be more worried than I am, but I'm just kind of like, you know what? I got my team here. I, you know, I just, I, I'm not really all that worried about it. I, I, you know, whatever happens, you know, there's so many ways that you can get sick. My biggest concern is going out, getting sick and making someone I love sick. Exactly. That's that's the thing that's keeping me smart about it. Otherwise I'd be like, yeah, oh, well, you know, (laughs) Yeah, of course. What, whatever. So it it all it also also like punk rock kind of taught us to question a lot of things. Like, don't believe everything you read or see on the news, and to question everything. And not saying that everything we're hearing is is because people are sick and dying. It's a it's a real pandemic. Like shit's really happening. But there's also so many different twists and turns and different different like I heard about this person got that and this can like we, we were told kind of to question it at all. And and for sure. There's things going. People are making money off this like crazy. There's so much stuff happening behind the scenes right now, like in the government, just in, everywhere. This this is not the main thing. This, but like pe- people are definitely benefiting off this, you know. And like some people just think, oh, well, this everything the news tells us. Okay, we have to follow these rules. But we, I think, n- not. I'm nowhere near conspiracy theory person whatsoever. But people have been sending me stuff. I've been reading. Not that I'm believing all of it or any of it. I'm just saying, as far as like how we were brought up in the scene and the music we listened to, it always like question authority, question the government, question this, and like so maybe that's why we're not as scared. Not saying like we're invincible and we can't catch it, um, but like I'm not gonna really like dive into so much of the hype and the fear right now. I know exactly, you know, uh, social distancing, wash your hands, stay home, 
all that. Th- those are easy guidelines to follow, you know? Oh, yeah. And, I mean, it, it's important to not believe everything you hear or not believe everything you read because every – no matter how legitimate a news source is, they have – they they um, they have a re- – uh, um, oh my God! Sorry, I'm forgetting the word. But they they have an agenda, and yeah. you know, and a lot of times their um, their their customers or their advertising is driving their agenda. And mm-hmm. so you know, so I am very aware of that. Like you know, when I that's why I just read multiple sources and and yeah. you know, and not downplaying the severity of any of this. I mm-hmm. think it's horrible because. I've been so lucky. I don't know anybody who's gotten sick. Me I don't know anybody who has it. Neither. So I've been extremely lucky. And um, but you know, at the same time, like I don't want to. I'm 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 gonna be as smart as I can be about it because um, you know I don't want to be like that. There was some kid who who was like uh, in Florida or something. And he was talking about oh it's it's all fake and then he yeah. got it. like I guess he like he licked a toilet seat or something yes. and then he got it and it's like you know I'm not going to be that guy and, <laughs> you know but at the same time I'm not I don't want to spend my life in fear you know yeah. I just you know it's same thing like you go out in a car you have such a good possibility of, of getting in a car wreck and, mm-hmm. and getting hurt. And, but you know what, that's why you, you drive safely, you wear your seatbelt, you know, like yeah. do all the things you do to protect yourself. And, and I think this is the same instance, do everything you can to protect yourself, protect the people you love mm-hmm. and the possibility of getting sick and dying is there. But yeah. I mean, every time you cross the street, it's there. And so mm-hmm. I just, I've kind of, I I was watching the news a lot and just really paying a close attention, but now I'm just kind of like, you know what? It's I I know all it is is numbers now, unfortunately. That, yeah. And and not down and that sounds so cold, but I'm but when you hear these these press conferences that throwing these numbers at you and it's and I think it's kind of disrespectful because that's what it becomes. Like these yeah. are people's lives you're talking about, mm-hmm. and yet it's. They're just like, well, we have, you know, uh, 300 new cases and over the night, 700 yeah. people died. Yeah. And it's like, OK, y- y- you're you're making these people just numbers. You know, I, I don't think that needs to be done because that's creating fear. And yeah. so I just I, you know, like I use, I watch the news first thing in the morning. And then I was every night, but now I'm just kind of like, you know what? I, I don't need that. I know it's severe. I just, yeah. So time yeah. to kind of focus, shift my focus on to something different. I love that. Um, okay, so now let's start the podcast. And that was more current event stuff, um, which I never talk about my podcast, which is amazing. I usually, m- most of my podcasts, I, I could do them six months ago and drop them today. And there will be, there'll be nothing like you would know when it was done. But now, since we are on lockdown <laughs> and we're in quarantine, um, welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you being on. I had your brother on here. I'm um, excited to have you on here. I know you for a very, very, very long time. Probably since you were like very young, huh? Because I'm 49. 13. 13, wow. Yeah, I met you when I was 13, so 1987. Um, Holy I have shit. the flyer. I think it was like November 19th, 1987. It was uh, Dagnasty and Swizz at Damn. 9.30 Club. Yeah, you sent me that flyer. 13. Yeah. Yeah, I was 13 and my brother was 11 and you come up and you were like, 
what the fuck are you kids doing here? And we were like, ah, you know, and, <laughs> and this is something I tell everyone, you know, like it was so cool because we, we saw you there. Um, and then I honestly don't think I saw you again until you um, started coming around to the shows at Safari Club with yeah. the other bands. And I, I remember thinking like it was such a cool thing because, you know, you were coming down with these, bands like i saw you you came down with like sick of it all raw deal yeah. um gb judge maybe yeah. gb you know and but you would in, introduce us to all these guys instead of being like uh you know just kind of playing us off you know you were really yeah. cool. like yo these are my friends and i was like i i just really appreciated that that's and, awesome you know and i think i've told you. you that before and i just think it's so cool that you know you were really really nice to us you know when uh, like i don't know so that really stood out to me and it's it's like kind of why i still am like super involved or still like i'm not much part of a hardcore scene anymore i just don't relate to it as much yeah but i still really am adamant about talking about straight edge if or you know just calling myself straight edge because like if i can influence a younger kid and be positive because you've had such an influence on me even you, now man. you know as an adult as 40 46 years old like how crazy going from 13 it's crazy. to 46 like yeah that's a long fucking time it <laughs> like, is man you know you, you know think about how many years that is i don't know it's pretty cool yeah. so thank you <laughs> thank you yeah thanks for the kind words i appreciate that um, is Brian your older brother or younger brother? He's younger. So he's two years, almost to the day, two years younger than I am. Um, and you know, we, so we started getting into music about the same time. Like we just through different people, but kind of gravitated toward the same thing. So it's, it's kind of neat. And, but the way, way I talk about him, I'm so proud of him and everything he's accomplished and all his bands. Yeah. Everyone's like, is he the older brother? Just cause I'm so like so proud and everything and i'm mm -hmm. like nope he's my that's my young brother right there so <laughs> yeah he's i just i could, couldn't be more proud of him that's amazing do you guys have any other any other siblings yeah um we have a younger brother who whose name Petey. um he is i mean he's seven or eight years younger than i am so he's there's a pretty big age difference oh wow um and you know he when he was much younger, he played in that. Um, he played in that band, Good Clean Fun. I don't know okay. if you remember yep. them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, he was their first. I want to say probably their first drummer. Um, and you know, but he kind of he did music for a little while, but then kind of did his own thing. So he's he's a lawyer now, and just oh, wow. kind of really accomplished, and you know, definitely doing a lot more than I am. But you know, I'm really proud of him also for everything he's accomplished. So were you guys, were you guys, we we were you guys born? Were you guys born in D.C. or Maryland? We were born. Um, all three of us were born at Georgetown Hospital. Just um, so right, right, right in D.C., like a couple yeah. blocks from uh, the Discord House, and nice. So you know, it, it, um, all three of us were born there, and then grew up in Bethesda. Bethesda, Maryland. Um, so we, um, you know, go, growing up in, like, let's see, I'm trying to think, in the late '80s, early '90s, you know, like, I mean, you remember, DC was kind of rough. It um, was, and so I'm really surprised. Like, you know, I went up, went to a Catholic school from first to eighth grade, and okay. started going to shows my summer of after seventh grade. So going into eighth grade, 
And I just, I always am so surprised that my mom would let us go. Like she'd drive us down, drop us off and drive around for a couple hours and then come pick us up. That's <laughs> I just, amazing. I think about that and, you know, just like, cause yeah, I mean, DC in the late eighties was, was really rough. It and, was. you know, I just, I'm like my girlfriend's daughter's 12 now. And I just, I think about if I would, I, I sometimes second guess letting her just walk around the neighborhood, um, mm-hmm. you know, and <laughs> I, I just think like, I can't imagine if I let her take the train into Philly, cause it would be kind of like the same thing. We live out in the suburbs right outside of Philly. And if I let her take the train in, like, I, I mean, yeah. I, I, I just can't imagine doing that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm just like, what was my mom thinking? <laughs> you know? So your parents, um, so your parents, so- your parents weren't strict. No, not at all. And, you know, it's so and one of the crazy things is like when my mom right out of high school, I think my mom was a nun. And, you know, so and her father, I want to say her father was a Baptist minister. And, you know, so that really religious family. And um, and then I went to Catholic school for like eight years. And and I think if anything, that turned me against religion. Yeah, Um, I shouldn't say against it, but it it for showed me that, you know, religion was definitely not for me. And, mm-hmm. um, I, um, so, but yeah, you know, my parents weren't really strict at all. And I think because my cousins, um, so my mom's sister, her children were really into music also. And kind of like that really drove who they were. So I think my mom saw that and was more lenient and kind of was, more understanding that we wanted to do stuff like that. And so, yeah, so I think that's why she was um, really supportive for us going to shows and, and um, getting into something that was like a little bit different than, than what, what all the other local kids were doing. Yeah. And so, so what was the first, was punk rock like the first music you guys were exposed to? Um, well, you know, so when I was really young, uh, my close friends, her, their parents were like born again Christian. Yeah. And so they were really into like that kind of like Christian rock. So that was actually the first kind of music that I, I was exposed to really uh, because they would take us to all these concerts. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, so I'd be going to those, but then, so that was probably like fourth and fifth grade. And then in sixth grade, um, I started getting into new wave, nice, um, just like, like, and so that was my first like introduction to music that I kind of searched out on my own where before with like the Christian stuff, it was because my friend's parents were like mm-hmm. feeding it to us. Like, here you go. You know? And, <laughs> and she was, his, his mom was really young. Um, so she was like kind of cool and you know we go to like these like christian metal shows and stuff that's awesome um but you know i was kind of i you know i was excited to be exposed to something new but i didn't search it out on my own but then i once probably when i was about in sixth grade i i started being i started listening to probably like basically the the pretty in pink soundtrack was like my introduction and then the cure and the smith and stuff like that so that's the kind of music that i was so i got into punk through that and like so i never listened to metal you know so many people like oh i got into punk through metal but 
I, I would say like probably the first metal band I ever really listened to and I remember not liking them was Metallica. Mm-hmm. Um, I remember thinking, oh, you know, this is kind of harsh, not really my thing. And <laughs> um, so I just, but yeah, so I got into new wave first and, um, and that was like really the time where I started reading the thanks lists and, or reading magazines and seeing other bands and, and starting to search out music. And then, um, and then a friend's, my friend's sister's boyfriend, I remember he made us a tape with uh, Seven Seconds, The Crew, Unity, Seven Inch, um, Embrace, Right to Spring, and You Today, Can't Close My Eyes. Wow. Um, all on one cassette, and he typed out the lyrics to, like, to all the shit. songs. And like, <laughs> you know, it was like, here you guys go, you know, this is, this is like some of my favorite stuff. And I was blown away. Mm -hmm. And so, and that was kind of like my introduction to punk and hardcore where I was like, wow, this is really, really cool. Mm -hmm. And, um, he was in a band. I don't know if you remember him called at wit's end. Yeah. I know that band. Yeah. Do you remember they were from the, like Bethesda area. He played guitar for him. Like I saw them. I only saw them play once with ignition. Nice. Space. Um, Brian and I went down. That was another one. My mom drove us down to DC space. I don't think the show started till like 10 <laughs> like, <laughs> on a school night. My mom's driving around. Wow. DC, you know? Um, so, but yeah, so he, so Glenn, who, um, I'm pretty sure he played guitar for Atwood's end. He's the, he's the one who he gave my friend Tim and I, like he gave us these tapes and, and then was like, Oh, you know, and here's a discord um flyer you know and then we started ordering discord stuff and going to mm-hmm. ynt and smash and vinyl link and just kind of you know really uh at, like really researching music and talking to the people who work there and asking them what they recommended and reading a reading maximum rock and roll and wdc period um, I remember that too. Do you remember that? From yeah, the, WDC. Like, yeah, I do. Who did that? Do you remember? I don't know. I do not. I remember that WDC period though for sure. Yeah, so that's how we found out a lot of the local DC bands. Um, you know, so I mean, I think it's like pretty much like every hardcore kid. You read lyric sheets and and then you find one band and then you look at the shirt they're wearing and you go search out what they're or you order it off. Um, a or meal you order, order or something. It off yeah, Maxim Max Rock and Roll. And, mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. I just, I remember, and that's how I got a lot of my pen pals. Like, one of my first pen pals was John Bunch, because I ordered the um, Reason to Believe 7-inch after reading uh, the, the review of Maxim Rock and Roll. Wow. And I remember he wrote me these really long letters on the back of flyers um, awesome. And when I was in ninth grade. So, you know, I'm this 14-year-old kid, and who knows, I don't, I don't know how much older he was. But, you know, he was writing me these really long letters and like, check out this band and then making me tapes and everything. And and I was just, I feel so lucky. Him and uh, Dan Dittmer from uh, South Dakota, he was in that band mm-hmm. Straight from the Heart. I don't know if you've ever met him. No, if I, maybe I have but, probably, yeah. But he's, you know, he used to, and then um, Jeff from Upfront and Mike Hartsfield, you know, like all of these people were just, were older than I was, but so cool, you know? And I mm-hmm. like, I just, I'm so thankful to all of them because they kind of led me in the direction of, of what I 
the music that made me who I am today. It's awesome. Very, it's so young too. So if you were going to shows like 10 o'clock on school nights, how, how were your grades in school? Did you and Brian get good grades? Did you like school? Oh no, never. <laughs> Me, Brian, Brian and I were just, you know, it's one of those things like, and I, and I think about it now and what we know about, about head trauma and, and, um, you know, it's so like, I was bullied a lot from second grade on, you know, we, my family didn't have a lot of money. And I remember like, uh, kids in the school would donate their clothes to us. Um, their, oh, wow, you know, their, the clothes that they used, and not like we were super poor, but it, we just didn't have the same amount of money that you know these other kids had. And yeah. I used to, they used to make fun of me for that. And but um, you know, so I was bullied. And then also, like when I was, I want to say like five, I flipped over the handlebars on my bike and get it on my face and you know just so i i had a concussion then and then i also fell headfirst out of second story window um what and landed yeah and i mean so a friend of mine was throwing something up and i was trying to catch it and i fell out of the window i ended up landing on him broke his leg but what's interesting about that is he ended up running in the olympics in australia and um Wow. In Atlanta, you know, so he wow. ended up becoming this like world champion runner. And so even oh, wow. though I broke his leg, but, you know, so like going, you know, so we go back, like, I mean, without, if he wasn't, if I didn't land on him, I would have been dead because it was yeah. concrete that I fell on. Um, but, you know, I had severe concussion. I How old were you then? Concussions, you know, I'm sorry. How old were you when you fell out the window? How old? I think I want to say like seven, Damn. so six or seven. Um, and so, and then, you know, concussions from like shows and when we played and, you know, and I've had so many and then seizures and like, you know, they can never been able to figure out officially why I have seizures, but they think it could have been from concussions when I was a kid. And, and then that kind of has what I'm kind of finding out through years of therapy and my neurologist and psychiatrist, like that, that could have caused some of my mental illness over the years. And it's, you know, and that went unchecked for so many years. Mm-hmm. Um, so like school was just difficult. Like I just had no interest in being there. Like I was made fun of by all the kids. And I was telling my girlfriend about this the other day, how like, I remember in sixth and seventh grade, everyone was like, yeah, you're gay, you're gay. And I was like, am I? Like, I don't exactly know what being gay is. So mm-hmm. am I? Like, I, I didn't equate it as like, like, oh, I have feelings for another guy because I didn't, but everyone said I was. And, you know, like, yeah. if someone beats your beats into your head that you are something, it's like you're going to start to believe it. And yep. for a long time, I was like, am I gay? Like, I don't exactly know what that means, but yeah. I guess if they said, but, you know, and it's like, so, you know, it's like kids are just, are just me. So me, I was just know, thinking so, that's horrible, man. And, you know, and I would like, and this is something I've, I figured out recently also, like I used to get these really bad headaches and they were stress headaches because I would worry about going to school and I'd grind my teeth oh, man. the night before. And so I'd get these terrible headaches um, and I wouldn't be able to go to school because I'd be up all night, like worried about going. Cause it's I'm horrible, like, what man. am I walking into? 
Um, so, you know, and it's, but then, you know, I, I kind of skated through high school in terms of like, I, um, I, I worked, I, my first job was at a, um, a yogurt store. And then, so I got a, uh, one of those work work programs where yeah. I only had to go to school a couple of classes a day and the rest of the time I'd go to work. So yeah. I would, um, I only went to school for like two or three periods a day sometimes, if at all, mm-hmm. like my senior year, I went maybe once a week oh, wow. and I, I still have like, sometimes I'm, I still have, uh, I'm like, I wonder how I graduated because, you know, and it's just because they, they were like, we know if we give you a hard time, you're going to just drop out. And if they have their graduation percentage depends on how much money they get. Totally. So they, I really believe that's why they, they let me graduate because I, otherwise there's no way I should, I should have graduated and Brian ended up dropping out when he was 15. So, yes, you know, right. tell me that. So, yeah. So, you know, he just stopped going. Like my mom would drop him off in front of the school and he'd walk to the front door and she'd pull off and then he'd turn around and go. And like, he was hanging out with uh, like a bunch of DC graffiti artists. Yeah. So, yeah he crazy just graffiti. stopped going yeah. one day. And like a few months later, one of the teachers calls them, calls my mom and was like, is Brian coming back to school? And my mom was under the impression he was going every day. Oh, man. <laughs> so it's like, but because she had no idea, you know, she'd drop him off and then she'd go to work. And yeah. Um, yeah. So, you know, it's Brian and I, you know, neither of us did well in school. We both have had our issues and I think we both handled it much differently. And yeah. But you know they were they were very similar, but it was just how we how we handled it was just a little bit different. Um, we, we just like we, we know, like think, we, we like a shy you like a shy kid, like like yeah yeah definitely. And I you know and I always have been, and that's what was always weird about me playing music is like I don't like being up on stage in front of people. Like I for so many years I was like battery should just play full time. Like can because Ken was in Battery and Damnation, and yep. we couldn't do both full-time. So I was like, yo, Ken, let's just break up Damnation. I'll sell merch for Battery. And, you know, so I just, I still, what you know, when we play, we have to turn the lights really low because I get so nervous about people being able to see me and focusing on me that we turn the lights really low because um, I just, I can't do it. So, and uh-huh. I don't talk in between songs, so we run samples and it's just all these things that it's been amazing because Ken's really worked with me on like getting me to feel comfortable enough to get up there. But mm-hmm. yeah, like I've always been shy and, you know, and where Brian, I think when he was younger, he would act out, um, if something made him mad, he'd kind of lash out at everyone where I would internalize everything. Mm-hmm. Um, if someone, if I was really upset, I would take it out of myself. And then I think he would kind of lash out at everyone. So, you know, we're both, both so similar yeah. in, in our, in how we process things or will, it, we're both similar with our feelings, but how we process them and deal with them is, is I think a lot different or it yeah. was when we were younger. Yeah. Yeah, I see that too. Just touring with Brian too. He's definitely shy. Like before he gets on stage, he's super like nervous and stuff. And then when he gets up there, it's great. But like I think like when you go on stage, I I, I still get nervous too. Man, I get nervous every show. Like before I go on stage, you get like a stomach rumbling thing. And then when, once you get up there, I, know, I just feel like it. 
not like you become somebody else, but I, don't, I think you feel makes you feel like you're comfortable. And actually, people if they're coming to see your band, then you know they're coming because they're supporting you. They're not coming because they don't like you. I don't know. I know what you're saying though. But did you feel like did that, that has that helped you with being shy and the stuff you've been through is is being in a band? Or you feel like you still felt? It seems like you felt the exact same way on and off stage. You were still shy. Yeah, I, I mean, I think if it hasn't made any type of difference at all, wow. it's, you know, I I do it, and and I, I have a hard time saying no um, mm-hmm. to playing because you know, like I, um, it, um, you know, like a perfect example. Um, do you know Sonny who does Hate Five Six? Yep. I never well, met him, but I know, know him. I like his work. Yeah, I love his work. Yeah. He's, you know, just this really amazing guy, and he's so passionate about everything he does, and. You know, and just it's some of the conversations I've had with him about music and how his feelings toward um, damnation and and our lyrics and you know how they've impacted him. And I just think of that, and I think of okay, you know, like by me saying okay, I'm not going to play, it's just being kind of selfish. And mm. you know, like if I, I I love to kind of like what I was saying earlier, you know, I love to have like a positive impact on younger people. And one of the reasons I do this is to have like, you know, to make people feel at ease if people are suffering and depressed and um, I want to make them feel at ease. And like, you know what, I, I have, I still have the voice that I can do that. So, you know, for, so I should take advantage of that while I can. And yeah. so, you know, like whenever we get offered a show, I'm like, I agree to it or my, my here's, I'll tell you how I work. I, I'm like, okay, you know, that's cool. Like here, let me, I, I let Ken handle everything because Ken's the guy who kind of runs everything. Yeah. And I kind of put it in his lap because, you know, if, um, if it was up to me, I'd just be like, no, man, you know, that's cool. I appreciate it, but we just can't do it. But mm-hmm. if I put it in his lap and it happens, then I kind of, okay, I have to do it where, but if yeah. it doesn't happen, I'm like, awesome. <laughs> like, <laughs> I just, you know, it just, cause I get so nervous. It's like the only thing that's worse for me in terms of like nerves is going to the dentist. Like that mm. would be the only thing that's worse than wow. playing the show for me is um, I hate the dentist too. You know, I get shy and I get anxious. Um, but you know, and but you know, one of the things that I, I've had this talk with uh, Popeye from Farside, and he, he kind of, and I do this now. He was like, "Oh man, I feel the same way." But what I do is, if someone comes up and says, "Oh, you guys were awesome," blah blah blah, like he's like, "Well, what do you think about the other band?" You know, like at, turn the conversation around on them take the focus off of you and put it on mm. something else. And I'm like, so I do that every time. And I, you know, and just, I, I'm like, Oh, cool. You know, that works because that I can cool. say, Hey, what did you think about this other band? Or like, did you have a good time? You know, like, I don't know, just turn it around, take the focus yeah. off of me and then I can handle it easier. So yeah, I, I still, you know, he, I remember he and I had that conversation probably 20 something years ago and I still, still do it today so i like that it's a it's a good uh i, I like that actually i want to try yeah, that you know you do like the little things and and carl from earth crisis and i we've had conversations like because i'm like you know what do you do when you forget lyrics and he's like oh man i got and we had this whole plan like he's like oh i'll just give the microphone to the crowd and kind of try to me too. get a feeling for where i am in the song <laughs> and or like 
or he's like, if it's really bad and there's not, if he's like, if there's a barrier, you know, he's like, I'll just like pretend to the microphone, um, pull out the cord and walk away from it. Mm. And hopefully by the time I put the cord back, I remember where the song is. That's great. So, yeah, too. Like I remember I, I don't, I'm pretty sure he's the one. Cause I know we've had that conversation before. Cause it blew my mind that, you know, with how often they would play that he would forget the lyrics. And I thought I was the only one. No, I happened to me. It happens to me too. I, I do the same thing. I just hand the mic and hopefully get, get back on from that verse or whatever, for sure. But I'm plugging it. <laughs> I'm plugging it. That sounds, that's another good idea too, actually. Yeah, he, because, and I'm almost positive he was the one who was like, you know, I'll pretend to step on the cord, pull it away from the mic, and just walk away, and then, you know, <laughs> keep singing like nothing's going on, and then just like, you know, and he's like, yeah, because if you're up on a stage with with a barrier, you can't, so yeah, I'm pretty sure Carl's the one who, who I was talking about that with, so I, I have to give him credit, if not, I'm sorry, to whoever <laughs> gave me that no, idea. I, lo- I love that, so, that's, a, that's a great idea. You know, um, we... Uh, yeah, so that's, you know, it's something, because, you know, I, I guess, you know, everyone forgets lyrics. I thought I was the only one. No, man. <laughs> it happens. It's crazy. Like, the bigger rock bands, they have, like, teleprompters and stuff, which is, I can't imagine a hardcore band having, like, a teleprompter on stage. Yeah. See, you know, if, <laughs> if we could do that, everything would be different. It would be. <laughs> so, so you <laughs> start something new. So he's still being shy. So... Still being shy and being in a band the same as you were in high school and growing up, you've always been that type of kid. Like, do you think being straight edge and being part of the scenes definitely helped you? Uh, it had to. Help. I'm trying to think because I, I was thinking that you were shy in school and you've been through all, being bullied and all this trauma, and then you get in a band and then this is the way you express yourself and you get on stage and you know you feel not so shy. But for you, it's you still stayed shy. So you think being straight edge has definitely helped your mental. I'm, I'm sure that's a dumb question. I'm sure it has. Well, you know, I think with, in terms of, of, you know, just, um, like I just overdo everything, you know, okay. it's like, I don't have much self-control, especially like, you know, food has always been my, my thing. And then, mm-hmm. you know, so I always look at, I, you know, with, with everything, you know, what I would probably overdo it. Like, you know, if I drank, I'd probably be, would have drank myself to death. But mm. I think in terms of, of like being straight edge and, and being shy, it's like, okay. I mean, and this is the first time I'm really thinking about this, but I'm tr- so I'm trying to think of a way that might come off to try to describe it. But you know, like if you meet a girl for the first time, you know, it's like you're really nervous and you're kind of anxious and but after a while you you know, you you open up and you're you show your true self. And I think that's the way it was with with the hardcore scene. Not so much it playing in the band, but just me coming out of my shell and talking to people. It's just because I loved the people who were part of that scene so much mm-hmm. um, that I I could just go talk to anybody. Um, yeah. I could. It, so I wasn't nervous or anxious. I was just like, wow, I'm part of a family right here. And so, you know, You're when safe. I would be doing merch. Yeah. Like if I was doing merch for, you know, going back to Worlds Collide or when I'd go out with Ashes or Battery, like I was so talkative and, and outgoing and everything because I was around people that I loved. Who, that's awesome. Because that's the one thing in life that I was just passionate 
about and I just loved just like the the hardcore music and the ideals and the the way the bands and the people spoke to me and so you know like I didn't feel any sort of um I, I wasn't nervous around them because yeah. I felt like it was a family and it was such a cool feeling. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, and now it's different because I, when I do go to shows occasionally, I feel I, I you know, because I'm, I don't go to shows often and I'm just kind of, I'm not really, I don't re- I guess mainly because I don't relate to the bands, yeah. what they're saying as yeah. much like the lyrics are what have always mattered to me. Not, not the music. Me too. The l- music has always been like, I've preferred, acoustic and folk and you know like that's what i i love musically but what spoke to me was the lyrics in hardcore and so i go to shows now and i just kind of feel not as much a part of it and i feel anxiety so i don't go to shows a lot because i i really get nervous about the idea of going and um so sometimes you know amber always wants to go to shows like she's just it's funny because you know she's not vegan or straight edge but she loves earth crisis and she loves year of the night like all loves all these straight edge bands that are like super tough and i'm like okay (laughs) you know like here i'm gonna sit here and listen to some frightened rabbit or elliot smith like you (laughs) you know but it's i just you know so it's just different and um and, but I still love it. I still, love, you know, I'll always be a punk kid, no matter what. Like, yeah. but I won't. You know, my my ideals and and beliefs have changed over the years. But they, I think, they've just grown with who I am. You know, totally. I'm more realistic about things. Yeah. And but um, but I still, I I'm still pretty much the same person. I think probably the only difference in me between now and when I was like 15 is that I'm vegan now instead of just vegetarian. Mm-hmm. Um, I finally went vegan about five years ago and it's awesome, but you know, I it's like, that's probably the only, <laughs> you know, I still dress the same. Like I still have no <laughs> sense of style. <laughs> like, and that's, you know, that's, that's what like Amber's always saying. Also like, you know, we'd probably be able to buy our own house if you didn't spend so much money on clothes. And, and I'm like, Yes, this this shirt I have right now is about twenty years old, and yeah, I just I don't know. So I'm just yeah, but I I I when I think about it, I think of like you know I am this shy person, and and it's hard because I I know I've heard a lot of times that I come off like an asshole, and because I am so shy, and I won't look at people, and I won't go talk to people because I don't think they want to talk to me, mm. and and everywhere every time we go somewhere, I'm like oh my God. And, and if people are happy to see me, I'm like, oh my God, that felt so good because I thought I was going to walk into a room and people were going to turn their backs on me. And Amber's always saying, you know, like you, you, you just people, you have, you've made a good impression on people. Like For sure. you, you're the one you're, the, you're your biggest enemy. And yeah. so I just, um, and I mean, that's like growing up with Brian, you know, I remember being so jealous of Brian because he had so many friends, like mm. everyone wanted to hang out with Brian and same thing with Ken, you know, like I was kind of the guy who was always there, but everyone wanted to hang out with Ken and, mm-hmm. and I've just, but you know, it like maybe it bothered me a little when I was younger, but now I'm just kind of like, oh, it's cool. You know, I got my family here and I yeah. have a few people and I text people that i just that i'm thinking of them and you know that's that's 
all I need to do. You know, yeah. I don't need to be anybody else. And it takes a long time to realize that. But once you're okay with yourself, then everything else is going to be good. Yeah. What, what, what do you think makes you shy? You were shy before you started going to school. Then you started getting bullied. And then you stayed shy in your adult life. Just, it's just how you were as a kid. Is it, is it high? Yeah. yeah. I, th- I think that's just who I am, you know, yeah. and, and you know what this is. So, um, Amber's daughter, her name is Neela and she's 12. And like, what, you know, there's like, what I'm kind of realizing is like, I, and just talking to her and just letting her know, like, you have to be okay with telling people you're not comfortable in a situation. You have mm-hmm. to be able to let people know that, Hey, you know, and it's, it's not a bad thing. If you just say, Hey, this is, this does not make me feel comfortable. And I realize that everybody is different. People are react different um, environments in different ways. And, you know, and I've never been into, you know, let's steal, um, uh, let's steal some embrace. Like, I don't like parties. They avoid Before the, the truth. truth. People <laughs> lying in search of a good time. You know, yes. like, I, that's the way I am. I would much prefer sitting down with you having a coffee. Love that. Than us being at a show where, you know, we're yelling at each other yeah. just to communicate, you know, yeah. and that's how, that, I mean, that's kind of how I've always been. Like I would much prefer one-on-one interaction than, uh, um, you know, a huge gr- a crowd of people. Just yeah. my anxiety kicks in. Um, you know, I, I take, I take medicine for it and it's kind of, um, I have, a, you know, I have better control over it now than I have in the past. But yeah. at the same time, it's it's impossible to ignore because it's there. It's always knocking on the back door like, hey, I'm here. And um, but, you know, it's but I think that's just who I am. You know, I think mm-hmm. everybody deals with different situations and different. And and I think, you know, I've spent so much of my life trying to live up to what I felt like other people's expectations of me were. Um, and, and they never, and people didn't really, really have expectations other than, Hey, I just want you to be yourself because you're a good person. Exactly. Uh, and it took me so long to realize, like, that's all I need to be. I need to be me. I don't mm-hmm. need to be who someone else expects me to be. And I, you know, and once I'm okay with that, then everyone's going to be okay with me. If not, fuck them. I love that. that that's how it should, <laughs> yeah, I love that. It's crazy how long you during your life you figure out different things and looking back on, like, oh, that's why I was be- being like that or this. I don't know, just throughout the course of your life, just different time frames of your life and the situations you were in or how you felt at that moment or just stuff you've been through. And then as you get older, it all kind of makes sense. I don't know. And like you said, too, like, you, 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 you're home with your family. You can text your friends. You don't need to be around a bunch of people. Like, the one-on-one conversations, that, that's, that goes such a long way, you know? Yeah, so, like, when you see Max, like, how do you, like, what do you use to kind of influence him to be okay with who he is? Because that's something that's really important to me with Neela. Like, I just want you to be you. And, you know, nothing else matters. And if people don't like you, then they're they're lost. Like, how do you teach Max that? I I just lead by example. And he knows how I grew up. He knows... uh how I was in high school, how I've never tried anything. My friends, he's met a zillion of, of his, of his uncles and his relatives and the people. And the way me, me and moon raised him is just to be yourself no matter what. And, and I'm so proud because he's 17 years old and he's out of his whole group of friends. He's the only person who doesn't do anything, but he hangs out with them still. 
Uh, he, he surfs, he boxes, he skates, and he's with all these group of kids, and he's he's the one who is not the not not I don't want to say follower because he's doing the same things teenagers are doing, but he's not he's not drinking or doing drugs, and he just and he just I guess from my I guess leading by example, he sees that I've never done anything in my entire life and still had a fun life and lived my life to the fullest without any of that. So that's a good thing. And he knows our, the communication with us is so fucking open to the point now I'm like, damn, I, I don't think I needed to hear that. But like, we've been so open with everything from day one, me, him and moon with t- tell us about anything. Don't keep anything inside. You having problems at school, which he's had a couple incidents where we talked about. And like, cause most kids keep that shit inside. Don't tell their parents anything. And then they explode or they, they turn to drugs or turn to somebody else for advice. So it might not be positive. So our main thing is communication and being yourself. And I think it really, it's, it's really worked and we're very loving, connected family. We're super tight. Um, so being, being quarantined up right now is, is fine for us cause we're used to each other and we're always we're like, I don't know. So I feel like the main thing is communication and trust and him be able to not be afraid to tell us anything, no matter what it is. It doesn't matter how crazy it is because we're his parents and we, and we brought him into this role and it's our job to be role models for him and, and be here for him. So I think that's the number one thing is just never be afraid to tell your parents anything because most kids don't want to tell their parents anything. They want to just, once you get older too, like I'm doing my own, I don't need my parents. I'm, I'm going to, I know everything now, but like the, the, yeah. com- the conversations we're having in Max right now and he's the 11th grader, like the stuff we're talking about, I, I was so lucky that he still wants to tell us anything and was still kind of cool. You know, because one day I'm not going to be the cool dad. You know, I hope not, but you know what I mean? So you just yeah. got, yeah, <laughs> got to do your best you can just to be honest with them and let them know that, yeah, 100% be yourself. And he knows both his parents are like punk rockers and tattooed kind of kind of weirdos in society. So he knows who his parents are and how we grew up and the stuff we were into. And I love that Max went and found Slayer and... um uh, fit for an autopsy and all these like crazy bands. He loves Lamb of God. He loves all these bands that he found a genre of music that me and Moon kind of knew nothing about and went and found it himself. And he's like, this is my music. I'm like, it's awesome. So now because of him, I'm learning more about like death metal and all this crazy music. <laughs> um, that's so great. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's one of the things with Neela. Like I'm so impressed that she finds all of these artists on her own mm-hmm. and she gets so nervous and she doesn't like to talk to us about them, but she found these on her own. And I'm just so proud of her for that. Um, yeah. and I just, I think it's so cool, but you know, so one of the things I was going to ask you, like, how do you, how would you feel if he wanted to, um, experiment with drugs or alcohol? Like, how would you approach that? I mean, when, if, when he was, when he's 18, he can do whatever he wants right now, he's still into my roof. So, when you're under our roof, these are the these are the rules that you should respect. And and if you respect and love your parents, here's here's another thing too. There's some parents that don't trust their kids at all, and because they don't trust them, the kids are like, "Hell with it, I'm gonna party anyway. Don't trust me anyway." When you have trust yeah. with when you have trust with your child, and they know that you trust them, they're gonna want to be good because you know you have this open communication with them and know what they're doing. What they're what they're getting into, like, but if not, if the parents are like, where were you? What are you doing? I'm tracking you on the phone. Be home by nine o'clock. Then the kids are like, yo, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna get crazy then. But if 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 there is yeah. this if there is this trust there and this this line of communication, and they know you respect them and there's like a trust there, then they don't wanna they don't wanna like like bum you out or like make you know what I mean like so. But Max, yeah, when he's 18, 
And Max is raised with no meat. He never wants to eat meat. He, he thinks it's disgusting, but he's not forced to be a vegetarian. It's the way he was raised. And so, and as far as like partying like his friends are doing now, like he knows that we're not down with that. And he's still 17. When he's 18, whatever he's going to do, we can do the best that we can while he's under our roof and he's, he's a young, young person. But when he becomes an adult, you know, he can take what he learned from us and hopefully he sticks with some of it. You know, we, we, I can't predict that. I can't predict what's going to happen, but I know we did our very best to um, raise him with these, with the morals that we had and everything that we we learned growing up. So, but when he's when he's when he's a grown man, if he's eighteen, he wants to try something, you know. Even if he tried something now and was honest with us about it, at least to be honest about it, there's no hiding of anything. But um, I'm just really hoping that he stays on that path like I did because I went. Through, if he makes it through high school like I made through high school, not doing drugs or alcohol, you can you can make it the rest of your life. You know what I mean? Like high school yeah. is the most pressure, I feel. At least it was for me, you know, about fitting in and stuff. And, yeah, and I agree. But I think, you know, a lot of people who get into it afterwards, you know, when they, you know, I think straight edge saves a lot of teenagers and then sets people up for when they're adults, you know, yes. they, they can uh, – they – they can control themselves and they have more, um, there's not the peer pressure that's involved with that kind of stuff. So they yeah. don't overdo it. Totally. And, you know, so I think when there's a lot of like, there's a lot of kids who were straight edge with when we were teenagers and then they kind of got out of it, but you know, then they got into drinking or whatever. And then they realized like, Oh, you know, that was just a phase I went through and I don't need that to get by. And, uh, yeah. But I, I really think it helps a lot of us get through our teenage years intact because I think there's, you know, kids who are into punk and hardcore, there's an aggressive side to us like that, sure. that the music kind of helps um, take away and, and mm -hmm. it diverts that, that negative energy into something positive, you know, whether it's dancing or being in a band, like getting, when you would leave a show, you would feel like cleansed emotionally and physically. hundred percent. You know, you would like, and you know, you would leave your family there and you're like, cool, I will, you know, be seeing you next Sunday at the matinee. And yeah, or, you know, it's like, and you know, the one off, cause it was so much different then, but you know, the one off show in the middle of the week, you know, like, Hey, you know, see you in a couple of days. And, <laughs> yeah, it was just there was something that, that it, you know it drew uh, so much. It, 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 like I, I mean, I don't even know if this is the word. It's the only way I can think of right now. But it kind of cleansed me and it helped yeah. me feel so much better about who I was and who I wanted to be. And you know, it was just a really cool feeling. Yeah, so I agree. I'm just so thankful that like punk and hardcore it just it saved my life like mm -hmm. i can really say that without a doubt because even i mean even when i was into it like i there were so many years where i was just like i i don't think i'm gonna be around i, I you know and I, i'm 46 now and if you would have asked me when i was like 19 or 20 that i would have been able to say with 100% certainty I would not be around till 30. And, wow. But but I kept finding reasons like okay you know like like and, and through music like all right I'm not the only one who feels this way yep. I'm not the only one who has these like demons that kind of follow them around and mm -hmm. you know like there's other people who are 
feel as lost and alone as I do. And, you know, and, and not saying like I spent all that time wanting to die, but I spent all that time not wanting to live. And I think it, it being able to approach that now as an adult and realize like, you know, life is not easy, but mm-hmm. that's when you, when you kind of like what we were saying earlier, like you look at, like I'm, you know, not to, you look at it as I'm not gonna get sick, but you look at it as I'm gonna stay healthy, and yeah. you know, so you just kind of find a different way to look at it and and realize, like, I, okay, it's not always gonna be easy, but there are certain things, like just giving someone a hug, telling someone you love them, like it makes it worth it, hundred percent. You know, so when I'm and that's so when I'm like feeling my worst, and I remember like when I would be at my worst, I just send someone a heart emoji. And like mm. in my head, I'm like, okay, that's my lifeline to somebody. That's me telling them I love them. And that's me finding a reason to live right there. And, wow, man. Um, and like, I, you know, uh, it's, it's kind of rough, but you know, I just, I spent a bunch of years doing that. I've spent a bunch of years feeling alone, but that was what helped save me. Um, and I'm just so thankful and you know that there's so many times in my life I've disappeared. I've just kind of like walked away from everything just cause I felt so, so much like no one wanted anything to do with me, but no one, you know, everyone understood like, all right, you know, we're here when you're ready and no one judged me for it and welcomed me with open arms when I was ready to come back. Yeah. And like you said too, like you're your worst enemy. So all that stuff's in your head. Like people love you and miss you, want to hang out with you. They love the music you make. They love everything you've done, but you don't see that. You don't feel that, you know, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's so hard, but you know, and, and I guess having, having Neela, you know, and, and realizing like I have to be the most, this is my one chance to get it right and have like I, this, this kid has so much riding on what I can teach her and mm-hmm. you, I can either do this right. And, and, you know, I, I think, you know, growing up, my parents just, I, I, I can't blame them because I think they just didn't understand. I don't think it, it, things are just different now. We're different. Like it, can you picture like what your mom was like when she was your age compared to what you are like now? It's, no. Like, <laughs> no. it's just, it's so strange to think about it. Yeah. Like when I, I like, wow, when my mom was 46, she, you know, it's like, yeah, I just can't, can't even imagine what, how different our lives are from when, um, our parents were this age, but I feel, but I feel um, like, so, but I, I feel like it's because we grew up in punk rock and skateboarding and hardcore that we are on a different, like we're such a different generation of of of, of adults. I, I don't know. It's so weird, like how we came up and I don't know. And we we were okay. Like we didn't. It was probably way different pressure for our parents growing up. All the stuff they were growing up. Uh, whatever years those were, but for us, like you said, like you found punk rock where there was no, you were getting bullied in school, and then you found punk rock, and it was like a whole different family, and there was no judgment. You could be yourself. You were more talkative. You were more outgoing. You met real people that were like family members to you, and like we had that. And a lot of people didn't have that. We're very lucky to have it because it made us who we are right now. It made me a better parent, a better husband, like. All that, you know, the stuff we got. Because Kevin Seconds, let's let's talk about Man Enough to Care. We and you talk about it all the time on New Wind. Like, yeah, th- like that record spoke to me in such a way. And that song, I didn't even have a dad. My dad had died when I was three. But the song about raising your son to be macho and he he has to be tough and he can't be feminine and all that. Nobody was singing about stuff like that. And he that was almost like he was like our father. Like. T- 
telling us this stuff and stuff that we've seen other people go through because I didn't have it. I've seen other friends be pressured by their their um their dads to be like be the be the quarterback on the football team and you know drink a beer with me and all this stuff and like like just th- that kind of music we had it was it was there was so many father figures for us you know. Yeah, and and you know, and it's like, yeah, we, I just think about how lucky I am to have found something like that to that did speak to me, and you know, and how many, you know, if you look at a, the typical person who's like close to fifty, you know, what they are like, and it kind of goes back to what our parents were like, but you know, with with seven seconds, perfect example. Yeah. That, so that was my first show, seven seconds from Justice League at um at 930 club and it was i think for the it was either praise or new wind tour i don't remember I both, yeah um but that's when i met ken but you know it's because that was his first show also but yeah you know i look at it and i'm like so thankful that that there are lyrics out there that still resonate with me today so much i mean you know what actually even more at a, you know because i was 13 when i first heard that i couldn't grasp how important those lyrics were back then you know yeah. a 13 year old can't fully grasp what he was saying back then and i just in the past few years is when i really realized it like there i have such a, an important uh role in some, a younger person's life where i can make a difference mm-hmm. and you know and like these lyrics like if you know if there's if there's like one song that you know that I really, if someone could grow up and follow, is that it would be that one yeah. because it's so important. And you know, and I, yeah, I just I think it's so incredible. Yeah, and I remember like I I I saw Seven Seconds probably probably about five or six years ago, and it was the first time I ever talked to Kevin, and I was just like, I just got to thank you for that. Just like that song is absolutely incredible. And awesome, it just man. means so much to me as, you know, at this age, because it's so important, you know, because no one's talking about caring people, about no. people. No one's talking no. about loving people. And no. that's where I think a lot of like hardcore bands I don't relate to so much. It's because mm. I just don't relate to the lyrics. But yeah, there's not much talk about like love and caring. And I just, I, you know, that's. That's kind of what what I want to hear about now. I want to hear about caring about each other, mm-hmm. treating each other well, and that's you know, I that's where where I am today, and that's what I want to hear or something that drives me emotionally because songs about straight edge or songs about hard the hardcore scene just it's just it's not going to motivate me like it did when I was a teenager. Yeah, well, you already, you're, but we already had those. Like we lived those already. We had those moments. We 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 were around for like some of the greatest shows in D.C. All around the East Coast area. We we got to be part of that time, and it was so magical. And those songs did have a massive impact on on us. Yeah, but as you grow older, you listen to other types of music, and just you know what I mean. You, the hardcore is just that. It seems like the only music that mattered when you're that young. But then when your mind expands, like seven seconds, because of them, I started listening to you too. Because Kevin grew his hair out, they were thanking them on the thank you list and just stuff like that. I was like, oh, you too, okay. Then I started listening to other types of music and being more open-minded. You know? Yeah, and you know, and just but think about like if you never heard that band, you know, would how much of a different person would you be today? Or yeah, you know, and and that's that's something that I I think about a lot, and I'm so thankful that we have this type of music where you can 
reach out to the singer of a band and let them know. You know, like I I watch yeah. how H2O fans interact with you on Instagram and like it's it's easy for me to say like, hey, you know, Toby is a really nice guy. He's influenced me so much. But there, there's kids out there who idolize you and you share their pictures on Instagram. You know, well, like perfect example, like uh, Fall Out Boy. I, I'm a huge fan of Fall Out Boy. I love those guys. Yeah. But there was a picture where um, they shared from they were recording with Ryan Adams and they shared a picture and one of the guys was wearing a damnation shirt. And I just oh, wow. I thought it was the coolest thing in the world. That's like, amazing. I seriously got chills. And, but, you know, and it's like it's I know awesome. them, but it's not that big of a deal. But at the same time, it is. But, yeah. you know, when you share just something as simple as sharing a picture when someone mentions you on Instagram, you are touching that person in ways that, you know, you cannot even realize. Like you are having such a long-term lasting effect on, on those. Cause like, imagine like, you know, if you were in a band in high school and Kevin seconds put a t-shirt on of your band and played 30 club, like, you know, (laughs) like, I mean, Hey, you know, Hey, this kind of is something similar when Kenny got up and did friends, with you guys at RFK Stadium, yes. he was wearing a damnation shirt. And That's right. That that still stands out. That is not that that was three minutes in my lifetime mm. that I will never forget. That's you know, awesome. so it's like, you know, it's like we think about you know the the little things we do from day to day that can have a positive impact on people's lives, and like you know, so you sharing something on Instagram from someone is just going to touch that person. And like, you know, and that's why, you know, just like being kind to people and, and, and just acknowledging that other people are struggling in ways that you cannot understand, Uh, you know, and I think, you know, I'm just kind of trying to like, look at things differently in my life now. I'm just, and I, I really think that has to do with like having, having someone under my roof that's 12 years old and yeah listens a lot more than than she ever will admit (laughs) like you know she pretends to not hear a fucking thing but she hears (laughs) everything yeah you know because weeks later uh, like i'll say something or something will come on the radio weeks later she'll ask the question and she's been Ah. formulating that question for weeks yes and so (laughs) i realized like how every little thing you do can like it's, you know, what is it? What do they call it? The butterfly effect? Totally. You know, like every little thing you do can have like an impact on someone. And so, you know what? Just like make it positive. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that's kind of where I am today. And, and that's what I'm, I'm trying to do. I, I, I pretty, I pretty much can guarantee I will fail more than I succeed, but I'm going to, that's not going to stop me from trying. I mean, I mean, that's exactly what I try to do as a parent. Like you said, anything you do has, has a, a butterfly effect, a butterfly effect on your children, anybody, anybody's around you, like in your day to day, like you said. So obviously, with my son, yeah, I try to be the most. I'm not the perfect dad. I'm not the most. I'm not the perfect human either. So you do your best, and and hopefully your son when or your daughter, or whoever they they get some good. Uh, get, they learn some good stuff from you. That that's what that's that's the whole point, you know, having that relationship, that bond, you know. Um, yes, and just you just keep doing the best you can, and that's really all you can do. Mm-hmm. Do you have any uh, you have any major regrets in your life at all? Or no. 
No, I, you know, well, we, actually, yeah, I would say, you know, if I knew better, I would have um, focused on my mental health a lot more yeah. when I was younger um, and and went to therapy um, or took, I, you know what, I've been in therapy on and off since I was in uh, fourth grade, wow. no, fifth grade, fifth grade. Yeah. Um, um, so uh, I wish I would have taken it more seriously, understood the difference between depression and sadness. Mm. Um, Cause yeah, like there's a big difference between depression and sadness. Um, and then understanding that depression can kill you. Um, you know, it, so I, I think just understanding that and um, focusing on that when I was younger. So I wouldn't have lived so many years of my life unhappy. I mean, mm. I, I'm I'm probably the most happy, depressed person you will find, um, and I think I'm a good method actor. Like you know, a lot of times I I've been so good at at putting up a good front, like hey, smile on my face. But that's mainly because you know I don't I don't want people to know I'm suffering, and I don't want mm. people around me to hurt because I realize like when you see someone you care about hurting, you you hurt too. And I don't want them to hurt. And so I think the, the only thing in my life that I think I regret is not focusing on my mental health earlier. Um, you know, I've made a million mistakes, but I think I've, I I hope I've learned from most of them. Um, so there's, I wouldn't say they are regrets. Um, they're just, things I learned, I hopefully will learn from, but I definitely regret not, um, getting, focusing on mental health early and and learning learning from it and 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 working on it now you know uh is much uh, much different and i'm i'm trying much harder and you know instead of just like okay it's just how it is because i realize like you know there are ways to to battle it i don't think some people i don't think there's any way to win it necessarily like it's always going to be there yeah and i think i'm one of those people and i think i've accepted it mm-hmm. um but i just need to do everything i can to ma- maintain a good balance and not let it win um yeah so that's that's kind of where i am and you know i i deal with um i take my medication i take my medication procedures. I, I'm trying to be more active. I see my doctors on a regular basis where before I would get embarrassed that I wasn't being, I wasn't, um, feeling better and I would just stop going, um, just because I was embarrassed. And now I realize that, Hey, you know what? These people are here to hurt, to help me. They're not here to judge me. And, um, so yeah, that's a big thing is, um, and, and I still, go in waves um last year i shattered my kneecap in january and just i couldn't there was like two and a half months almost where i could barely leave the house and i got really uh, i was really depressed um like it got worse it had been in years and um but you know it's now i'm back out of it and then I was in the hospital in uh, January because I had pancreatitis and then I had to have my gallbladder removed. And then Damn, I was man. like, okay, I'm back. I'm feeling great. And now this, <laughs> like, Jeez. oh man, you know, but, but, you know, but it's, 
but that's where and I, I was talking to my coworker Dustin. He's he's a huge H two O fan, so oh, awesome, he's, he's gonna be stoked. But um he you know, he's had such a rough year. Like he's just but and he he was um he was laid off or furloughed whatever they call it um but he was just like i'm i'm working on me i'm taking a mental health month like every day i'm going to be working on me and you know and i think that's so great and you know it really made me think like okay how can i be using this time that i'm not working as much as i'd like to better myself i can learn i can you know do all these things and i can i can be a better me and and then that will treat that will that means better for all the people i love um, oh, so, around you, yeah. yeah. Having that conversation with him, I was just like, you know what? It's great, you know how like he and I, he and I, you know, we're kind of like he's almost like the closest thing I could think of, like with a twin. I work, you know, and I'm yeah. so thankful to work with him. I work for such an amazing company, and you know, going through that, I'm like, okay, you know what? I can look at it positive. I can look at it negative. You know, mm-hmm. either way, it's not going to change how I look at it. It's not going to change the outcome. So I got to look at it in the most positive way I can and make the most out of it. What happened? What, how'd you shed your knee? I was just walking down down the sidewalk, and I just hit. Um, uh, there was the it, the sidewalk was really messed up, and I just tripped, and Damn. I the way I landed on it, I. Kind of well, I kind of tried to brace myself on um, on a tree, but that yeah. kind of pro- propelled me forward at the angle I was, and wow. um, and just I mean it was it was one of those things where I knew it was bad when it happened, um, and then when I got to the ER and they were like, so we have good news for you, and I was like, yeah, what's the good news? And like you're going home tonight, and I was like, oh cool, you know, I was thinking, oh wow, you know, maybe I didn't need to go to the hospital. And they're like, bad news is you shattered your kneecap, so you're going to need surgery. And it was oh in like seven God. pieces. Um, so, and, you know, and that's that's kind of frustrating for me because it's it's something that, you know, it's I'm going to be in pain with for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and like, but at the same time, you know, like I, this is, I could walk because um, I can put, um, I can put, weight on it yeah i could use the toilet which was you know because <laughs> just the way our bathroom is situated mm-hmm. i could sit on the toilet and i could take showers i would have to just keep one but i was like okay how much more miserable would i be if i couldn't use the toilet or yeah. i couldn't take a shower so that's true um but you know but not being able to work and not being able to like just take walks because that's something we love to do every night yeah. is just go even if it's around the block like mm-hmm. just sitting in bed was just it was I mean, yeah, I had, I was kind of the worst I had been, I, I had been in years. Um, but you know, I was at the same time, I was like, okay, I, I'm going to get through this and, mm-hmm. and get back and, you know, get better. And so, and that's kind of where I am with this, like, okay, you know, how am I going to be come out of this even better than when I went in? Yeah. I like that. And, and what, what's the company you work for? called the finery we do the laser tattoo removal so um and i'm so like carmen is the owner of the company and she's just absolutely amazing like she's i have um i talked to you know it's one of those things like when your boss your boss is sitting next to you like you're supposed to be kind of like uh shit this sucks but it's working with her is amazing i just i have an amazing team um 
you know, I just, I'm so thankful, like, cause I have no business. I have no, in, like no knowledge of anything like remotely, uh, medical or anything but they they took me on because i i love getting tattooed i've been cool. you know like yeah years of uh were you ever lasered by carl when he had his life? i wasn't i wasn't i heard about it though i never was though okay well he he you know he tormented me uh oh that's cool <laughs> but so that was my <laughs> only you know just um but i got that so hopefully next time you come out we'll you'll come in and we'll take care of you and <laughs> you know yeah, that's um, awesome. I, I told Karen and she's she's the owner. You know, it's I we well Dustin and I, the, my coworker, told her a lot about you. Like you know, we and she's so fascinated by like hardcore and punk and that's people awesome. who 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 paved their own way, and that's kind of what she she did. She sold her house and bought a laser, and and then kind of everything from there. She's really worked hard on a, to get and you know so she's kind of diy in a lot of ways and she we uh we worked on roger from af and i know i saw that it was amazing with him yeah and she was just like he's so neat you know like so <laughs> she didn't she doesn't know anything about hardcore that's cool or that lifestyle other than yeah. you know a couple of her employees are, are dedicated to it yeah you know, like this is who we are you know like you know, seeing an agnostic front when I was 13, you know, and yeah. and then him coming into my office when I'm 45. Like, crazy. that's really fucking cool. <laughs> like, that's, you know, think about that. Like, yeah, you know, wild, it's just man. like, so I don't know. I'm just, I'm, yeah, I'm thankful for what I do and what I've been given. And, you know, I'm thankful to be talking to you right now who would have known at nine, the old 930 club. It's wild, Dad man. Nasty and Swizz, you know, like, it's, um, yeah, life takes some weird, weird um, turns, and you know, and it's like I'm very, really thankful for why I am today. You know, it's I, I struggle a lot day to day, but I know what I need to do to at least maintain, and yeah. I'm doing my best. Yeah, well, I'm glad you're here too. It's awesome talking to you, and like I said, I've known you since shit. You guys, you were 13. Um, yeah, and everything you've been through, man, I, I realize how, I, I you know, I talk to you from here over, over, time and time over the past, I don't know, 25 years about the stuff you've been through. We're just hearing you talk about it um, and all the stuff you've been through. I'm, I'm happy that you're still here because you've had so many highs and lows in your life and been through a lot. And what makes me, what really makes me angry out of this whole conversation is that bullying starts in the home. So when we talk about how to inspire your children and, and young adults or just people around you in a positive way, I feel like the bullying starts in the home, whether whether products of their environment, they see what's happening in their house or how they're treated, and it makes me so upset that like kids picked on you so so bad in school, and it stuck with you your whole life. And there's so many, there's millions of people out there that have been picked on that that stuff. People think, oh, that was twenty, thirty years ago. You you still think about that, but it has such a mental impact on people from their childhood all throughout their adulthood, and it's. It sucks because that could be fixed by just teaching kids to be loving and compassionate and open-minded. It's so easy to teach your kids how to be loving and bring them up in such a way, but you don't bring them in this world to make them bullies or to you want to you want to give them a better life than you had, even if you came from an abusive family or not. Like, it's just frustrating that like hearing your stories and how old you are now and the impact that had on you as a kid, you're one of the millions of people that, that's been through being bullied it just, it just sucks that that still happens and it happened to my son what's even more frustrating frustrating about it now too mike is that like 
parents really can't get involved because if the parents call the school, the kids find out, then your son becomes a snitch and he becomes a bigger target because the parents can't get, you know what I mean? Like if we get, we wanted to so bad, we wanted to go to school because something happened to Max, but you can't. He's like, please don't, please don't. I'll deal with it. You know, at least he told us what happened, which is great because some kids don't. But the fact that if the parents get involved, then the kid becomes a more, then he's in more of a, more of a threat. Yeah. Yep, it's like you know the target gets even bigger, and and that that Sucks. makes it so much. That's what you know, and that's what I think. Growing up, I was afraid of too. I was like, if I say anything to anyone, it's going to get worse. Um, you know, then you're a tattletale, and that's exactly you know, you're a yeah. snitch, and yeah, and it's like it just gets worse, and you know, and that's where I I just I you know I just want to emphasize with Neil are like, you know, just uh, like treat people right. You know, think about if someone said this to you, how would you feel? Yeah, and, exactly. Um, and, you know, I just like, I realize you're not going to like take these, like these bullies. There's no way you're going to end bullying on a yeah. whole, but what you can do is, you know, do your best to, um, teach the young kids around you that that that's not right. And mm -hmm. you know, I, how do you do that? Though? Like, because it's it's almost like a feeding frenzy. You know, one person, one kid gets in on it, and then so do so does everyone around it. And it's like, how do you stop it before it begins? Like, is there a way to do that? I, I just don't know. Um, yeah, did your parents? You know, your parents I, knew nothing about it when it was happening to you. No, you know, Damn. and it's just because. I think, you know, they were just kind of oblivious to it. You know, they didn't really, really know. And, and one of the hard things was, you know, go like so the teachers were really close with the parents. And mm -hmm. so the kids who were like the worst to me, their teachers were really, their parents were really good friends with the teachers. So of I course. couldn't say anything. Of course. And it was so, and, but, you know, but at the same time, in a way, like, even though there are still, I have triggers where sure. someone will say something and I am, I mean, I'll be the first to admit I'm overly sensitive and that's just how I am. Yeah, and that's, that goes back to where, you know, you have to be okay telling people you don't feel comfortable in the situation. Like, mm -hmm. I'm okay with telling someone now, like, I am really a sensitive person. Like, I let the, the smallest, most meaningless things bother me. Um, but it's, I, I think about, you know, how, how, how you can react and you can teach somebody, um, to be aware of those things, you know, like, Hey, you know, if, if someone tells you something, listen to them and, yeah. and try to, and just be, uh, like care, care about them. If they're your friend, you know, stick up for them, care about them and mm -hmm. don't, you know, if you see some something happen to somebody, say something, you know, don't be afraid to stick up for somebody and, and, um, be kind of like, look out for your friends. And, you know, and I wish I would have done that in the past too, you know, instead of like seeing someone getting bullied, you know, cause I wasn't the only one by yeah. means who was yeah. the victim of it. I watched it happen to other people and I'm sure I've done it myself without even realizing it, yeah. you know, that I've bullied people. And, um, you know, but I think, you know, I just want to teach people like, Hey, be kind, care, care for people. And like, you know, just make the world around you the best place it can be. You know, we have the one chance to get this right. Yeah. Why fuck it up? Um, so, you know, 
I guess it kind of goes to uh, it goes to the name of the podcast. But yeah. you know, you got one chance to do it right mm-hmm. and just do it. And, exactly. You know, it's it's really not that difficult when you think about it. If you are are you you take the time to be be um, be kind to somebody and treat them with respect. And then if you see someone who is is on the receiving end of bullying or being treated badly, say something. Yeah. Um, so, and, and that's something I'm really trying to instill. Uh, I'm, you know, let's, you know, I said before, like I fail more often than I succeed, but at least I know I'm trying. Yeah. At least you're trying. I love that. And, and you have that one moment to be a, be nice or be a jerk to somebody and however you, whatever you choose can impact their life forever. Make a change everything. Even like, even if you messed up and uh, somewhere like you stepped on somebody's shoe or something so stupid and silly and you have a moment to be like, no, don't worry about it, kid. It's all, just one thing to say to somebody. It can it can just stick with somebody forever and, and, and have an impact on them. And you don't even think about things at that moment, how even just a, even being cool with somebody or like so a small gesture can last forever, but it does. It sticks with people forever, man. Um, yeah, and, and you know, like, honestly, one of the hardest things to do, but one of the best things to do is apologize. Mm-hmm. Like, that's in like, I... I always think about how, why is it so difficult to apologize? Yeah. But, you know, can you imagine something that feels better, though, mm-hmm. than when you know you were wrong mm-hmm. and you just say it with all sincerity, you just put yourself out there and be like, look, I am, I'm really sorry. I just I did this and I'm sorry. It's embarrassing. Yeah. You know, if you fuck up real bad, it's embarrassing. Yeah. But at the same time, if you admit to it, it feels so good to just sure. say, I was wrong. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to make it up. I'm going to yeah. learn from this. Yeah. So, and that's, you know, and I, and hey, shit, I, I, like, I, unfortunately, I've had to apologize so many times in my lifetime. I know that, and I'm going to have to, and mm-hmm. and I'm sure there's going to be times where I don't when I need to, but I, you know, it's like, that's, that's where you just hope you keep learning from every, at every opportunity, you hope you learn something. Yeah. I love that, man. Well, this has been an amazing conversation, man. Um, yeah. <laughs> we talked for an hour I, you know, and a half. I, this is great. I'm happy. I'm sorry. No, I, I love I it. No, th- no, I love. I could talk to you forever. And I learned so much about you today, and that's what I love about the podcast. That I've been saying is that, like, I know people for like twenty, thirty years, and I think I really know them. But then when I talk to them, I hear a different side of their life, and it makes me love them even more and appreciate them more. And and, and that's exactly what this conversation did with me and you. Like, I have s- so much respect for you that I already had before, but everything you've been through and where you are now, and how you turn your life around, all the different things you've been into, been through, and your music, and just your your, your being honest about who you are and and how you feel i i really appreciate i really appreciate this conversation you know yeah you know i i spent so many years hiding it and i think hiding behind lyrics um Mm. you know because people could look at the lyrics and be like oh man those are those are really insightful and like how do you come up with them like uh, you know like oh uh, you know and those are really artistic and like no you know and and i I, you know if that's anything about anything i've ever written it's like it's true and you know i've i've lived and i'm still here and i i I, you know not and and that's something that for so long i think i felt so embarrassed about i was like i got a family who loves me and i i i grew up in a nice house and I've never missed a meal. And I, you know, I've mm. never, you know, 
I, I don't have the same thing with like, what do I have to be depressed about? And then I just realized like, it has nothing to do with me. You know, like yeah. depression is a sickness. It's a disease. Like a lot of people don't know how to uh, deal with it because they can't see it. You can't take an x-ray of it. You can't yeah. take, you know, you, it's so hard and it manifests in so many different ways. And so, you know, if that's it, like if anybody was listening and, and is struggling with depression and anxiety and, and, you know, just like, you're not the only one. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's, it's hard. It's like, it's good. You know, you, you, I think I said this earlier, like I'll never win it, but I'm not, that doesn't mean I'm not going to not, I'm, I'm going to stop fighting. Like I love that. it's, um, it's gonna, it's something I'm going to carry with me for the rest of my life. I know that, but telling my friends, I love them telling my parents and my brother, my brothers and seeing my brother up on stage with, you know, seeing you up on stage, seeing the people that influence me, like the darkest times. And I'm gonna, um, that's when I'm going to like, it's going to be worth it. You know, like I love that, man. for that one smile, that one, you know, that one heart emoji I'll send, you know, it's like yeah. that, you know, like, Hey, that's my way of saying, I love you. And you kept me breathing, you know, that w- right when I was not feeling good, like, you, you know, that's my way of saying like, or it used to be like, you just saved my life. Yeah. And you know, it's the first time I think I've really admitted that, but you know, that's like, so, you know, if you've ever got a heart from me random in the middle of the night, just so you know, you <laughs> saved my life. <laughs> I love that. And, I'm, and, and, right, uh, and, right, yeah. and right now in your life, you're happy. This is, you're, you're in a good place. Yeah, you know, I, I have, yeah, I live with Amber and um, and uh, and her daughter, Neela. And, you know, it's like we struggle a lot with a lot of things. Uh, but I, I love my job. I love, yeah. I have such a good team. And, and it's great because, you know, I'm, it's, I think this is this, with us being quarantined, it's, it's, it's really says a lot how we interact with each other. Um, yeah, I, I agree. you know, it's, we're both very respectful of each other and we enjoy spending time with each other. We've spent the majority of every, every day with each other, except for when I'm working, we just kind of hang out, you know, yep. watching TV, you yep. know, taking walks. We try to take multiple walks every day. Yeah. Um, you know, and I think that says a lot about, you know, how, she and I get along and love each other. And so, so I'm thankful. Um, yeah. And I couldn't, I couldn't imagine being, uh, in a better, better place right now. So, but you know, and that, and that goes back again. Like I don't let my guard down though. You know, it doesn't mean I keep, I stop fighting. I keep, uh, I gotta keep going. Um, I love I've, that. I've let my guard down before and it hasn't been pretty. Uh, I, I feel like the quarantine right now too, is going to let, it's going to help a lot of people maybe talk to each other that needed to talk for a very long time. If they, they weren't communicating, if they were distancing themselves from each other, relationships, it's going to help or hurt them right now. Like the quarantine is going to be good for so many. I think it's going to be more positive than anything as far as like humans reconnecting, the planet like healing itself again, like animals are flourishing, the pollution's going down. There's so many pot. Like I feel like yeah. mother, mother, mother Nature just gave us all a big time out, you know? Uh, yeah, like it's crazy. It's, it's, I, we were just talking about that this morning. Yeah, it's incredible. So, and you know, and I and I really hope that it, it it like 
it slows us down enough. And, and if, even if it doesn't last, like it slows us down enough and we can really learn to appreciate each other and, and what we each have to offer each other, even if it's just in your relationship with somebody else, you know, where yeah. you can finally take the time to, you know, cause like, you know, middle of the night, you get texts like dinner, you get texts, emails, like, you know, work, work, work. Yep. And this is a time where, you know, it's like the work stuff isn't coming in as much like, you know, just in your enjoying the time you're spending with you, with each other, like yeah. playing words, you know, Amber's sitting on the couch next to me. We're playing words with friends with each other. Like, <laughs> but we're, you know, it's, yeah, you know, it's I love like, that. But we're just, we're enjoying each other's company and it's, you know, it, it's really nice. And I wish I could, uh, I'm really bummed because wait, wasn't t- t- last night, tonight and tomorrow, I was supposed to be seeing you guys. I know, man. Be well. I know, man. Um, you know, that's, that bums me out because I'm super proud of Brian and this new band. Um, you know, I've been yeah, proud of him. everything he's ever done, but you know, this is him really putting himself out there. Um, yes. It's hard to listen to, you know, I, I spend most of the set crying, <laughs> wow. but, um, you know, it's, you know, cause he's just, he's so honest and he's so where he just puts it straight out there. You know, there's yep. no like reading into. Ooh, so, but so do you means. as well though. So do you as well. You both wear your heart in your sleeve. Both you guys. Yeah. You know, I, I guess, you know, that's that's my thing with, you know, I'm always like, and, you know, Amber always, whenever I, I hear something good, Amber's like, you know, because I'll, I'll always be like, oh, you know, Brian recorded this. So she beats me to the punch now. And she'll be like, you know, Brian recorded this. <laughs> you know, I'm like, I, you know, you would think he's Proud like brother. my older brother or I something love that, because though. I just, I, I respect him mm-hmm. so much and I have, I'm so proud of him and, you know, and, and I'm proud of you and I'm proud of like, I, I just, I'm so thankful for the wonderful people I have in my life. And when I'm feeling the most down on myself, then I'm, then I think of all the beautiful people I have. I surround myself with and I, I, you know, I'm like, wow, you know what? I must not be that bad. It's like these talented, amazing people will even give me the time of day. And so I'm so thankful for like all the talented and successful people I know and proud of them. And, you know, like I, it almost feels like a hardcore show, like where I should, I want to be like, and this goes out to this person. And this person <laughs> Shout you know, out. Cause yeah, I, you know, like I want, like I understand that. I just want everyone to know how much I love them and how proud I am of of everything they've done. You know, because growing up with all these fucking misfits, you know, like, yes, you know, you you know, think of a couple of people you knew, you know, and and think about, say, you know, I I I could see some of these guys that I used to hang out with. Like, there is no way we're gonna make it out of out of the year much less make it tonight without them going to jail <laughs> you know so like, true and, and you're like how the fuck did they like they're on tv now like yeah how the fuck did that happen it's like, true you know and it's it's just like so cool how these these like social deviants um mm-hmm. you know guilty by association yes. i guess so you know you're talking about yep. those people there like you know, it's like it's so true. How the fuck did those people end up turning their lives around and do such amazing things? Like it's awesome. It's pretty you know? awesome like, to see that. Yeah, the growth. You know, and and how they influence people. So yeah, yeah. I I I realize like I keep going on, so I, I don't want to anymore. But you know, I'm so thankful to you, and you've been you've inspired me. Just you know, and there's a picture I have somewhere, and, and I remember is you guys played at 9:30 with um. 
with uh, uh, not Dropkick Murphys. Um, what band? Uh, what band did you go on tour with? They were like a big ska. Boston's. Boston's, yes. And you wrote, um, you know, you put because I was like, I, I remember telling Carl, I, I had to work that night and I couldn't go. You did two nights in a row at nine thirty. That's right. And I couldn't go the second night, and I was like, yo, make sure he X's up. And you wrote four Mike DC on your knuckles and X'd up. And I, I did that picture somewhere. <laughs> so, um, That's awesome, I, I, man. I, I gotta find that. I want to see that. But, yes. You know, it's it's you know, and it's like little things like that. You know, like yeah, where I that was my way of saying like you influence so many people. Like you just you know don't forget that. And thank you. And man. that's why like I still put X's on every time we play. Just not very outspoken about straight edge necessarily yeah. but in terms of like hey this is who i am yep and if you want to know about it like if you want to see an old guy you know like who <laughs> just still really believes in it mm-hmm. you know for you know as something that i really think helped me become a good person um you know so yeah i just i'm so thankful for you and 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 like Thank how you, you in, still influence these people so um, Thank you, brother. you know it's just it's incredible well, thank you, man. And thank you for your time. And thank you for everything you put out in the world musically. And you are loved and people do love your band. You inspired so many people with your music. And I know sometimes it's hard to see outside your world and see like, oh, did I actually do anything with my life? Did I do anything good in music? And so, yes, you have. And it's I get in that bubble, too, where like you put records out and you live your life. And sometimes when you're by yourself, you're like, did I actually do anything with my life? Do people care? But people do care, Mike, and people do love you. And people do appreciate your heart emojis and they appreciate you being yeah. here, and I I appreciate you being here, being alive, and I, you know, it's it's great to see you still believing in doing what you want to do. Since I met you, since you were you were you were thirteen, um, send me that flyer. I'm gonna post that flyer when this podcast comes out too. But yeah, my wife says hello okay. too. My wife wanted to say, yeah, she's so, she, Moon Moon, I'm, say hi, I'm Mama. Known- she said hi. What did you say? Tell, tell her I love her. I met Moon. We stayed with her in Chicago in 1992. 1992. Yeah. In a uh, in a, a little uh, efficiency apartment, there was like ten of us. <laughs> he's talking so Moon and, and Moon and Kim. Moon and Kim, when he stayed with you guys for four days in 1992, she told me that was on the list to bring up to you. That's awesome. Yeah, worlds collide, no escape, and railhead. Worlds well, collide, no, no escape. So there was twelve of us. Twelve of them at your house, so. Moon. Jeez, in a studio, yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. That was, and we were there for a long time and they didn't, you know, she was both, you know, both her and PK were uh, absolutely amazing. So such a small world. Um, It's amazing, um, man. Yes. So, but thank you so much. And tell moon, I love her. Tell Max, like, I can't wait to see him again. It's been years since I saw him. So for sure. uh, I don't, it's like, I think he was like 10 the last time I saw him. I saw you guys on a boat in New York city. That's right. Um, (laughs) He's 17 now. It's crazy, man. Yeah, so I think yeah, that was about seven, uh, maybe more. You know, if you but, think yeah, if you so think of any, I, I do this a lot of people. Like I, I did, I was on the phone with Peter yesterday from uh, Field Day, and I did him two days in a row because he hit me up. I was like, I want to talk about some more things. So since we're on quarantine and we have time, if there's anything else you thought we should have touched or talked about, just text me. We'll get back on the phone another day because we have plenty of time, man. And I love talking to okay. you. I love talking to you. This is great. Yeah, and you know, and before we know it, we're going to be back, and hopefully, the new normal is even better than it was before. I hope so too, man. I think this is like a everybody's going to be refreshed, restart, rebooted. Humans might be. It might be. It's going to be interesting to see how people ease back into the world, how they go to shows, just everything, man. I'm excited to play that. Our show got moved to July with Be Well. I'm still excited for that in New York. Um, 
Oh yeah, I yeah. Wait. Me too, I'm man. Really looking forward to it. Me too, brother. Well, thanks. Thank you for your time and thank you for everything. And um, I love you, my friend. I'm proud of you too. All right, I love you, and I will talk to you soon. All right, man. Speak to you soon. Bye. Take care. Bye bye. Hey guys, thanks for listening. Um, please rate, review, uh, subscribe if you haven't subscribed yet to this podcast. Please do that. And whatever platform you are listening to this on, I'm glad you found me. You can rate me and review me on there also. So thank you guys sincerely for the support. I cannot wait for you guys to hear the next one.